to the executive brain, focused on the self-actualization of today's executive leaders through science and stories. I'm your host, Grinnell Khan. Jeff was introduced to Salesforce in 2005 and started his consulting career in 2006. As Jeff progressed in his consulting career, he kept a relationship with a consulting firm named Shell Black until he eventually joined as Vice President of Delivery in 2014. He just recently celebrated his five-year anniversary. Jeff has an MBA and a degree in aviation. Interesting fact, Jeff was a flight instructor and has nearly 1,000 hours of flight time. Jeff, thank you so much for being here. It's great to join you. So we'll go into the first question. Executives are not only regarded as the decision makers and visionaries of a company, but they also serve as the embodiment and creators of an organization's culture. How do you represent the culture at Shell Black? Uh, it's, a, it's a great question. You know, it's, there's uh, quite a bit that goes into that, um, but we try to focus it around three things as much as we can, uh, and, and particularly because we look at this as a talent business, which makes it a people business. Um, we're looking for very talented folks that can um, drive conversations and <clears throat> manage projects, but, but but consult at a high level at the same time, as well as understand technology. But there's really three areas that we try to let them sort of be who they are and, and, and have a great culture that people enjoy. Um, and that, number one is you know, let people have a voice, right? Let them have their ideas, express their ideas, whatever they are, whether we take them or not, we take them, we listen, we ask, you know, we take them serious. And many times we do, you know, uh, take those ideas and run with them or they might take on a little bit of different form, but everybody gets credit for their ideas and, and now I want everybody to know who, whose idea it was. And, and it's very important and people really appreciate that. But also the other one is, uh, you know, a little bit of autonomy and, and the type of role that they have with us. Now everybody's going to be a consultant that we hire in that role, but we have a couple of different roles. If you're a techno, more technical type consultant, that's pretty well already determined, but we have two other roles. Um, one that's more of a solution oriented, what we call a solution architect, and then the other one that's an engagement manager that has solutioning skills, but definitely on bigger projects has more of a project manager, um, can play that role. So we don't, and so that the autonomy is that we don't, I don't enforce them or predetermine what they're going to be. I really want them to see what those roles are. What they um, what they like, you know, we want them to be happy and want them to enjoy their work, and so we really, you know, just let them make that choice on their own. And then the third one really is just not to fear failure. There's always going to be times where choices are made. Sometimes it's a mistake. Sometimes it was avoidable. Sometimes it was unavoidable. Whatever that is, you know, as long as it's not the same mistake over and over again, you know, I always look at it and tell my team that it's just. It's an opportunity to learn, and sometimes it's an investment into them. You know, I always make sure they know that it's okay to fail as long as we're learning. We, we want them to know that it's okay not to be perfect. Having the safety to fail is something that is very appreciative because it allows us to continue and allows us to know that making a mistake is just a part of the learning. Uh, so how do you demonstrate this to your team as a leader, uh, it, how do you demonstrate that it's okay to fail and there is no judgment? A lot of organizations say they do this, but it doesn't seem like it's being delivered as such. How do you deliver it? How, how have you mastered this art? 
sort of built into our DNA. Michelle and I are very much in the same sort of type of mentality, and we show them that we trust them. Um, we don't simply throw people out into a project um, after day two, after two days of training, and say, go get them. We allow them to see other people work, listen to how they work, watch them work, um, all the different types and phases of a project. Once they've seen that, we, give, we, we put them out there and let them do it, because most of the time folks learn by doing. And so we trust them that they're working, right? We don't stand over their shoulder all the time and say, okay, are you busy? Are you busy? We, we trust that they're professionals and that, they, um, that they're applying themselves looking for work. Not, not only do we give people projects, but we also expect them to find work, you know, by being just good consultants. You always are able to find more work. And then we lean on them um, for those that specific knowledge, particularly for, for projects that are in those areas or for educating other team members on you know, concepts, different things that are important to those types of companies that are in one of those verticals. I actually had a conversation early this week with one of my newer employees who they're very hard on themselves because they feel like they should be a lot faster at what they're doing. He's always questioning himself. And I'm like, look, you're not a robot, right? You know you're not a robot, and yet you expect yourself to be perfect and, like, just be exactly on on it every time. You know, give yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of, of room that it's okay if it takes you 15 more minutes than you thought it should. At the end of the day, if we know our stuff, if, if you don't know the answer, um, we know where to get it a lot faster than our client does. So you mentioned gathering SMEs, subject matter experts, into mm-hmm. into the company and then helping them navigate through the aspects of consulting within a client site. So what's your criteria? How do you choose who joins Shell Black and who you feel is coachable, trainable? How do you identify that? It's something we're trying to actually put more process around and within the company. As you know, there's always something to, to get better at. And so we're trying to get better at being a little more quantifiable around that. We're looking for people that are internal consultants that they're primarily at their company that they've been at. Longer tenure, typically um, professionals that have you know exposure or experience with Salesforce. Now you've got to expand your mentality, your universe a little bit to just instead of one company, one Salesforce instance, it's, it's multiple of each. Yeah, well, um, maybe for another time we can find a moment to discuss some of these methods in in onboarding and and trying to make those quantifiable measures to see who would be great. I have a couple ideas. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, so as far as um, consulting, it is very much an art, but at the same time, there is a lot to be taught. Do you have a way of that? Do you have a way of kind of coaching them in, in their process uh, from becoming internal consultants to a bit more varied and diverse? You know, that's a good question. You know, we've, as a company, we, we, we deliver to our clients very iteratively um, and, you know, sprint like, you know, that's just our term more iteratively, but we also do that internally. Up until this year, we, we've changed how we train our consultants to where previously, you know, we would bring them in, spend a couple of days. It was all always good training, but it was definitely more PowerPoint heavy day one, day two. We would really get tried more into scenarios and, and how things apply. And that, that worked okay. But we, we really shifted to more just conversation and exposing the team to very topic-oriented discussions with 
our existing team members. So generally speaking, there's four to six different topics that we would have for about an hour and a half and have two or three other consultants and just talk and say, throw out a question and try to expose the, the, the new team members to the realities of consulting, what to expect, how the team members dealt with those things, whether it's a lot of time, tracking time, dealing with clients, challenging situations, managing scope, things like that. And really just give them the real world you know, look as quickly as we can, because otherwise it was just a little more, a little too much, a uh, little too academic. And so we wanted to get into the real world as quickly as we can. So that's how we've tried to teach the art as best we can of real life scenarios. And you know, okay, then how did you handle that? That's our latest attempt, and that's worked really, really well so far. We've had we've seen really good results with that. We've spoke before, and in speaking before, you've mentioned on focusing less on solutions mm-hmm. with, as opposed to framework. When I hear focusing less on solutions, I have warning symbols. But then when you said something like, we focus on the framework towards solutions, I really like that. Right. Can you speak more on that? We don't dictate exactly how everything's going to be done within the framework of that process. So, we, you know, there's specific steps, there's specific things that need to be done. But within that, every consultant needs to understand and figure out how, how they're going to work. You have to leave them room to be themselves. Now, they have a personality and they have strengths and weaknesses that we want to, you know, focus on the strengths and build those up and let their personalities also come through. Because clients, you match the right person with the right skill set, right personality with the right client, and you have a great relationship that can last a long time. Well, yeah, I think it's a wonderful approach. I definitely am someone that is a proponent of pattern recognition. I feel like there are natural patterns in life, just how trees grow and clouds move. You know, there are natural patterns and these uh, human interactions and relationships and consulting relationships, as well as even uh, coaching mechanisms, they're all patterns here. And if we are able to kind of identify a rough understanding of pattern and to know how these flow, you get better at knowing solutions in different scenarios and in different environments uh, rather than trying to find a, a perfect solution for each specific case. You're listening to Executive Brain and let's go into the break. I have a question as to where you think leadership is going as far as how it evolves within us as leaders along with the evolution of technology. How do you feel like the leadership is evolving with the evolution of technology? You know, the accountability, if somebody makes a mistake, you own it. That's the example I set for my team and my and with my clients. You know, I want my team to know that, hey, you know, we're not all perfect. And that's just part of, it's okay to fail, but let's learn from it. Let's not, let's find a way to not do that again and make, make, that make life hard for, for anyone person that's to deal with the fallout. It's finding the right, the appropriate level of praise and positive reinforcement when somebody does the job and goes above and beyond or people know when they do a good job. You know, but when you have the right people, they know when they do a good job and they want other people to see that. So I, I, I definitely take pride in trying to recognize that and, and provide that positive reinforcement. There's an infinite number of answers in, in, in a sense. But there's, there's definitely not an infinite number of right answers. And for me, it's about finding the right fit of the person 
with the client and the project that they're, that they're going in. Yeah, definitely. I see that as well, <laughs> quite aligned with the evolution of technology. We're only becoming more connected in a sense with the social media and uh, the abilities to connect with people over distances and video, etc. So we're, we're in a sense trying to extend human connection and its and its capacity to reach out and and stay linked this is important to do through aspects of distances and relationship networks but also in the sense of the people in your vicinity and getting to know them because the people in your vicinity and getting to know them are probably the people contributing to your company <laughs> as well as the ones far away celebrating the human aspect of that person being the individual who they are getting to know them yes definitely definitely very important and it takes time to do that it does it, 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 but it's worth the effort and you see the payoff well jeff thank you so much for being here on executive brain this has been a very refreshing conversation and it's really great to have a vp of a consulting firm perspective on how they work with their people and how they train a very abstract art like consulting and you could really see that you're putting a lot of effort and care into the organization that you're helping to manage. Sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Executive Brain. I'm open to hearing from my listeners and always curious to know what topics interest you regarding leadership. Feel free to leave a comment on this podcast and visit Executive Brain on Facebook and Twitter. I also give one-to-one executive coaching, so if you want to learn more about that, send me a note. My contact details are in the description of this episode. Remember, there are leaders all around us, and there is always an opportunity to be a positive leader. Let's strive to constantly serve as an example of great leadership. Be good.